2020. I'm Kwame Brown, and uh, on live with us, we have Richard Fowler. That's right, my good friend, Richard Fowler, who is a Fox News contributor. He's also the host of the Richard Fowler Show, as well as, I think I heard, co-host or host or whatever of We The People podcast. We'll talk a little bit about that. See, I've been following you in this. You know, it's nothing like (laughs) watching Fox News. And I watch Fox News, and people say, Kwame, why do you watch Fox News? I watch Fox News because I always want to see what other people have to say. And while I'm watching what other people have to say, and I'm like, wow, is that right? If that's right, who pops up? Richard. Richard pops up, and Richard keeps it plain, and he keeps it like it is. Richard, welcome to Always Real Talk. Oh, it's good to be with you, Kwame. Thanks you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that introduction. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, Richard, let's let's jump right into it. It's hot. It's a big campaign. Everyone's talking about it. I mean, I, what amazes me is where this president is right now, what he has done over the last four years, how so many people are angry, so many people upset, so many people are dying because of COVID, so many people are mad about the sexist and the racist comments, and yet we still have Democrats biting their nails trying to get to the finish line. Why is that? Why are they having such a hard time beating a guy that anyone would want to, if I wanted to run against someone, I would want to against the runs against someone like (laughs) Donald Trump, right? And why is it? What's going on? What's happening? Why is the race so close? Well, you remember that funny that funny feeling you had on the night of uh, election night 2016, right? That feeling like, oh, Hillary's supposed to win this. And then you, the numbers start to come in and then you realize, wait a minute, those numbers don't seem like winning to me. Uh, I think that's why there's a lot of Democratic strategists and Democrats out there who are sort of having some Stockholm syndrome from, 26, from 2016. Even though everything looks like this is going to be Joe Biden's night, um, they're afraid that he might not pull this off. And let's be very real. Let's think about what's actually going to happen election night before we talk about sort of the mechanics of this race. On election night, uh, unless we, this really is a blue tsunami, election night is not going to feel good as a Democrat. And let me be very clear. On Tuesday, November 3rd, it will Donald Trump, we will go to bed with Donald Trump ahead. If you look at the numbers, if you look at the projections, the only things that could really change those two dynamics, right, is to is the state of North Carolina and the state of Florida. Both of those states are states where they count their early vote immediately. So once you if you cast the ballot today in Florida early voting, that vote is immediately tallied. So on election night, that vote will immediately go to the tally and you'll see it. If you're watching CNN, John oh, King, hold, or if you're hold watching on one second, Ar- hold, hold on one second, Richard. Were you sure you said when we go to bed on election night, Donald Trump would be winning? Is that what you... Okay, I just want people to follow I, I, that. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I was shocked. I was shocked. I like to hear that. I had to just stop you because I know you'll go down the road a little bit, and I want to make sure I heard exactly what I heard. You think November yeah, 3rd, that night, Donald, when I go to bed, Donald Trump would have been ahead in the vote count. Yes, and I know and the reason why I say that and the reason why you stopped me is because that same feeling that you had in 2016 just came back. Like, well, what do you mean he's going to be ahead? That, that's impossible. But it's not that Donald Trump is actually going to win. It's not that Donald Trump is going to win the election. It's for the votes tallied, Donald Trump will be ahead. Remember, like I said, Michigan, Florida and North Carolina count their early votes immediately. So if we're having a really good night for Democrats, if this is supposed to be the blue tsunami that some have predicted it to be, then what you will see is Joe Biden will be ahead in both North Carolina and in Florida. But if you still sort of see Donald Trump taking the lead, that's just because there are votes out there that have not been counted yet. Right. Remember, California would not have come in. California probably won't come in until maybe about 11 or 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. 
right? So that gets us into Wednesday. And on Wednesday, we'll start to see states like Pennsylvania start to count all their absentee ballots. We'll start to see places like Michigan count their absentee ballots. We'll start to see places like Minnesota begin to count their absentee ballots and their mail-in ballots. And when those ballots begin to, to, to be counted, then you will slowly see the tide shift away from Donald Trump towards Joe Biden. This is going to take time. So I want to urge you now, right? So folks who are watching election night returns with their family, if that's a tradition, expect this to be election week, right? But at the same time that this is happening, you should also expect Donald Trump to begin to make some noise. He started to make some noise last night in a 3 a.m. tweet where he said the only way that Joe Biden can win is if the Supreme Court rigs it for him. So this is what he's been trying to do from the beginning of this election. He's been trying to stir misinformation, stir doubt in our electoral system. And this is what he will begin to do. You'll see him begin to do on Tuesday night because he also knows that the mechanics of this race, what the engine of this race actually looks like and how these votes get counted, it will take some time for us to count many of these votes. And the reason being simply that these votes are in envelopes. They have to be removed from envelopes, they have to be taken out, and then they have to be counted one by one. And you know what? That just takes time. Uh, well, and it's, well, no, and, well, well, okay. well, it seems to me that, you know, people are, are saying, let's just look at, and I, I like what you laid out. Clearly, when you go to bed, clearly a lot of votes wouldn't have been counted. Depends on when you go to bed, right? Some of us don't go to bed one, two o'clock in the morning. Some people go to bed at eight o'clock in the morning. You go to bed at eight o'clock in the morning, election not going to be over. You're going to think somebody won and they, you know, that's not going to be the case. Gotcha. But, you know, some of us, we go to bed one, two, three, go. We stay up. We're going to this thing all the way out to the finishes. But yeah, I want to say. And if you stay up, you'll be watching me because I'm on the late shift. So I'll be on from <laughs> 1 to 5 a.m., right? So oh, look, uh, you'll see me and we'll, I'll be saying, we have to wait for the votes to come in. All the votes aren't in yet. So it's going to be an interesting, it's going to be an interesting election night for sure. I, I can't, look, I can't wait for that. I'll be watching Richard at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but, you know, we're looking at these states, whether it's, I just want to get your, your prediction because I talk to different people and they give me these different scenarios. And uh, walk me through, you know, Michigan. Is, is Biden mm-hmm. going to win Michigan? So, it, yes, I actually do think that the vice president will win, will win Michigan. And, and here's why I think that. Hillary Clinton lost Michigan by about 10,000 votes, which roughly turns out to about two votes per precinct, right? She also shedded 75,000 votes from 2012 in Wayne County. With anybody who knows knows Michigan, Wayne County is Detroit and the surrounding suburbs. If Joe Biden can increase the turnout in Wayne County alone by maybe 25% of what Hillary Clinton lost, then it looks like Joe Biden will sail to a pretty easy victory in Michigan. But it's going to take some time for us to count those votes. Uh, And so you should be very cognizant. It will take time to count the votes. And just remember, as you go into election night, remember these a couple of key indicators. For the entirety of the past three and a half, almost four years, Donald Trump has had a negative approval rating. He is the most unpopular president in American history since since polling has been done on presidential popularity. People, the, the American people can't stand them. Right. And he's going up against a man that has a high likability. People might not like all Joe Biden's policies, but they like Joe Biden as a person. And because of that, he will vote a lot better than Hillary Clinton will uh, in this in this election. Um, okay. If you're comparing okay. it to like elections. OK, I'll, 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 I'll definitely I'll buy that. I don't know why it's still such a tight race with a, one guy everyone likes and the other guy everyone hates. And I, I haven't quite figured that out. But let's you say you say Michigan, let's go to Pennsylvania. How do you feel about Pennsylvania? Um, you know, we're there's a, I think there's a real hope that, that Joe Biden will also win Pennsylvania. He's from the state. 
he well, gets Richard, it. And there's, Richard, that's a yeah. yes or that's a yes or in Michigan. You was like yes, and then you gave me the reason. Pennsylvania, you, you, you know, if you don't, if, if you think it's a toss up, it's fine. You can't. No, you can't I mean, have I, more. Listen, I, I'm not saying that it's not. I'm, I, I'm not. It, it's going to be tight, but I do think that the vice president will pull it out, right? I think he'll pull it out, and that it's going to come down to what happens in Philadelphia and Philadelphia suburbs. Um, as well as what as well as what happens in Pittsburgh and other parts of the state, but it's really going to be on how African Americans and suburban voters turn out in Pennsylvania. I mean, excuse me, in in Philadelphia and the surrounding suburbs. If and Joe Biden's having a if Joe Biden's having a really good election week, as I said earlier, then you will see him up in Pennsylvania pretty early, and you'll probably maintain that lead throughout. But I think it's also worth remembering that what you're going to see from Trump voters is Trump voters will vote on election day. So their votes are going to come in first, right? Whereas in mo a lot of Democratic voters voted earlier, they voted by mail. So far, if I know my tally today and I have not half asleep, I would say that I think we have 81 million early votes. I have to look up to remember that one. Uh, 81 million elect, elect early votes that have already been cast in this election, which is a hundred times more than um, where we were this time last year. Okay. Uh, this time four years ago, right? Four years ago. Now, how about uh, Florida? Now, Florida is going to be a tough one. This is really a toss up. Donald Trump recently made Florida his home state. And so what you're going to this is going to be about vote. This is going to be about voter turnout at its finest. Right. Can Joe Biden run up the numbers in pockets where Democrats are very popular? Uh, there were some recent numbers that came out today that show that that based on early voting totals and some projections that you know, Republican turnout in Miami-Dade County is looking pretty good. So that means Joe Biden, if he's going to win Florida, has to find a place to offset that sort of early voting surge amongst Republicans. Well, he can do that, right? He could do that in Broward County. He could do that in parts of Palm Beach. True. He can also do that in the I-4 corridor, which is sort of Orlando up. And in the I-4 corridor, what Joe Biden will benefit from is the fact that there's 60,000 new Florida residents that are from the island of Puerto Rico. Um, and if you know anything about the past three years, you'll know that Puerto Rico and Donald Trump are two words that really don't go together based on his performance during Hurricane Maria. So it's about turning out those voters as well as turning out suburban voters and Caribbean American voters in South Florida. My mom used to be one of those brothers. My brother and his wife are two of those voters. Um, and it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle. Um, we are going to see Kamala Harris in the state uh, over the weekend and, in Geo and going into GOTV. Barack Obama was down in the state earlier this week. Uh, and his, his focus was really on can we push black men to get to the polls in record number? And it's not that. And I think that there's been a lot of sort of. We'll get we'll get to we'll get to we'll get to the we'll okay. we're gonna to get to that we're definitely gonna get that I want to stay and I know a lot about Florida I know a lot about Pinellas County I was there uh, for the for the Gore uh, Lieberman race I was back down there again with the recount I was one of those people that were on the ground there was excited you know everyone went home thinking this election was over and we had it and woke up talking about the recount and the hanging chads and went back down there and saw the whole fiasco so. Hey, look, that's a place. You're right. There are more people there. It's going to be very interesting how that plays out. Now, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of people that I know uh, in Texas. And Oof. one out of, uh, okay, I won't say one. I'll say three out of the ten people I talked to told me there was a, that they thought that the Democrats were going to win Texas. Where seven out of the ten said, you know, it's good. It's good news. But they don't see the, that being very realistic as well as North Carolina, South Carolina, uh, deep in the South. All of a sudden, these are going to be blue. Do you really think they're going to turn blue? Now, 
we want we wish all the best for our good friend uh, Jamie who's down there running a good campaign and running a, a race. Got you. But is that realistic or are we just kind of throwing stuff out here? Well, I think we have to break those states apart and look at them a little bit differently. Let's true. start with That's Texas, true. right? So first, what's happening in Texas is actually rather remarkable, right? We've seen early voting numbers that literally have so early voting turnout has surpassed total 2016 votes, right? There are people waiting in lines. My cousin and my aunt live down there uh, and, and the lines are through the roof. And there's also an attempt to suppress votes. Uh, and, and I think it, I would be remiss if I didn't have a conversation about voter suppression, because that's sort of the un, unwritten headline of this election. What we've seen throughout the country, especially in Texas, is we've seen Republican legislatures uh, and Republican governors really push in the last days of this election, push forward measures that make that would make it hard for senior citizens, for African-Americans, for Latinos and Latinas, uh, as well as for young people to actually have a chance to vote. In Texas, what we're seeing is places where you can only, there like one county, for example, Harrison County, a county of 500,000 people have one ballot drop-off box for their, um, for their absentee ballots, which is unheard of. And when in the District of Columbia, as you know, almost every elementary school has a, a voting, a, drop -off, a ballot drop-off box out front. Um, so I, I think you're gonna see, but what, what's very interesting to look at, look at in Texas is this, you do see some momentum. And so if Joe Biden is having a really good night and this is really a blue tsunami and the unpopularity of this president has really taken a toll on the American people, then on election result week, which I always like to call it because it's gonna be more than one day, you could see Texas flip uh, to Joe Biden. And what makes that even more important is beyond flipping the presidency, there is a potential for us to flip the state legislature in Texas. We need six. Now you're gonna, you're, my math is fuzzy because you know it, it's it's election season, right? right? But I think I want to say we need six seats to flip this the the up the upper chamber of the legislature. But don't quote me on it. But it will be very very close. Democrats have been working on Texas for decades, and we've been saying that we could flip Texans. And Richards was the governor, uh, and for folks who don't know, that's Cecile Richards's mother. So. Uh, but we have to see. I think there's a good possibility that we could move Texas if Joe Biden is having a good night. On my sort of electoral brackets, I have given Joe Biden Texas. And the reason I've done that is because I think when you have momentum moving your direction and you have high voter turnout and you're running against an incumbent, it usually says to me that it's a shellacking coming your direction. Uh, and so but I'm going with a little bit of my gut on that one and thinking that Texas could go to the vice president. But that was that was going to be close. If it goes to the okay. vice president, it'll be by one or two points. Okay. Well, I, and I'm kind of running out of time, but I want to go right to does the Hunter Biden story, uh, which is now, I mean, I was watching Channel 7, local news right here in Washington, D.C., and they're starting to run the story and pick up the story. Does that have legs and it doesn't have legs enough to make a difference in this this presidential election? This was supposed to be the Republicans' October surprise. They put out Rudy Giuliani. They put out all of the, their best spokespeople to sort of scare scare the American voters with this Hunter Biden email fake news story. Uh, and it doesn't have seed legs. And here's the reason why it doesn't have seed legs. It doesn't have seed legs because in every state in this country, there's an uptick in COVID-19. Uh, and beyond that, our hospitals are coming to capacity. And we have a president that is incessant on continuing to campaign the, norm the way he normally does to say that we have turned the corner on COVID, and this happens in a backdrop that the White House has become the latest coronavirus hotspot. So uh, I do believe that voters are paying little to no attention around this Hunter Biden email story, and they're really looking at which candidate will best help their family 
given that we're in a global pandemic that doesn't really seem like it's going anywhere. Uh, and we have a White House that chooses not to uh, deal with the problem, but ignore it and act like it's not happening. And so I think this election will be about COVID-19. Uh, Donald Trump wants to convince the American people and the voter that COVID-19 is not happening to them. But the truth of the matter is for every parent, for every teacher, for every student, they know COVID-19 is real because they logged into their Zoom class today uh, and they had to figure out how to do that. And parents are trying to help kids and kid parents are trying to be teachers. And there's so much happening in people's households that have a direct correlation to COVID-19 that the president can't really move away from it. And when you think about COVID-19, you're literally looking at Donald Trump's worst presidential failure. Uh, he hasn't showed any leadership. There is no national strategy. And this disease is on the rise and it's hurting more and more Americans. And while that's happening, Donald Trump is trying to take away Americans' health care. So the closing argument for Democrats is the Affordable Care Act and ensuring everybody has access to health care in a world where we now have 8 million new Americans with pre-existing conditions thanks to COVID-19, to the 21 million that we already had. Well, COVID-19 well, COVID COVID is real. And the interesting thing about it is that every time people go to bed and every time they wake up, because they're home, right? And if for those that are working for home, from home and they have a kid or two kids in school, and they have, may have a laptop, may not have a laptop. They're one, trying to be the teacher, trying to be the social worker, trying to be the science teacher, math teacher, PE teacher. Then they're trying to get on a Zoom call. Then they're hoping their internet is strong enough so their kids can be on the, the internet and they can be on the internet at the same time. Then some people are stuck in a house with someone they don't even really like. They're married to them, but they don't like them because they normally go to work <laughs> nine to five and no one's ever home. And now they got to put up with those type of situations. So I mean, everywhere you go, then they say, okay, I want to get out the house. Where you go, right? You got to go house, got to grab a bass. Then they get the phone call in the middle of the night. They hope the phone call they get in the middle of the night saying someone got COVID in the hospital. So everyone's thankful that no one in their family actually has it yet. But then they know someone else that has. It's, in, it's taken up their entire it's life intense. is this deal with dealing with COVID. No matter if you had it or don't have it, you can't do anything at all, all day long without thinking about COVID. You're not here in the studio because of COVID, right? If COVID wasn't here, you'd be in the studio right now, but you're not in the studio because you're at, you're at home, right? Um, but I, I want to move to another another topic, and this is one that I know people could probably go and tweet, email, whatever. I don't know. I don't care. But I got to say it. I'm just so tired of everyone saying that the black man is, you know, going to help Donald Trump become the next, become the president and get reelected. Now, let's look at it. 88% of black men vote Democrat, Right. And 97, 95, 6, 7, 8, pick the number you want to pick, of black women vote Democrat, right? So clearly the majority of African-American men vote Democrat. I don't know how all of a sudden Little Wayne and Ice Cube has decided <laughs> and the media itself has decided that these two guys are going to represent the entire interest of black men and watch out because we're going to have a problem. And the narrative now is that if, Don, and this is what I'm saying, this is what I'm hearing, this is what people are tweeting, this is what people are talking about. The narrative now that if, in fact, Donald Trump wins, it's going to be because black men had that much power. And I haven't seen that much power from a voting block of black men since I've been alive that they're going to be <laughs> responsible for making someone the president of the United States. Why, Rich? What is what is this about, Richard? Come on. Uh, I'm glad you brought this up. So let's uh, let's parse this out a little bit. So thing number one, just so let's let's deal with the facts. The reason why 
50 Cent and Lil Wayne think that Donald Trump is the best thing since sliced bread is because they're millionaires, right? And if you're a millionaire, of course you like Donald Trump because Donald Trump's tax plan benefits your bottom line. Now, does this, does Donald Trump benefit the bottom line of many of their many of their fans and many of their avid listeners? No, right? Because a majority of a majority of African Americans, like a majority of the country, are middle class or working class families, and they don't make over four hundred thousand dollars a year. And so, for the just so we're very clear, if you make less than four hundred thousand dollars a year, Joe Biden will not raise your taxes. The tax plan that Joe Biden has has sort of put out there for the American people is the one that says that everybody should pay their fair share. And that's what that what it means simply is that a, it, when a kindergarten teacher is paying 25 to 35 percent of her salary in taxes, a millionaire and billionaire should be paying that same 25 to 35 percent of their entire earnings in taxes as well. And that's all Joe Biden wants to do is level the playing field. The reason why this black men conversation has become such sort of a big issue in this election is because at the beginning over the summer, Donald Trump was trying to make inroads into black male voters, right? Because of the unpopularity of the 1994 crime bill, right? And because Joe Biden was sort of the architect of that crime bill and that sort of worked very well for the president in 2016 when he used a super predators label to label Hillary, when, when he sort of used her words against her, uh, against black male voters. Now, here's what we also know. A good buddy of mine, uh, a good sister of mine, who are at Hit Strategies, one of the only millennial-owned pro polling firms in the country, um, they did some recent polling analysis with black voters who voted early. And here's what they found. They found that 91% of black voters in battleground states that voted early voted for Joe Biden. And only 4 or 5% of them voted for Donald Trump, which is exactly the numbers we should be seeing. This number should make us exciting, excited to know that African-American male voters are not voting for Joe, for Donald Trump. But I think it's also important to remember that for Donald Trump, he understands that black the black male vote is not a binary choice. It's not a vote between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, because black men have the also the third option, like every other voter does, to vote not to engage at all and to sit at home in this election and say, it doesn't matter. My life has been the same, whether it was under George Bush or Barack Obama or Donald Trump. So what's the deal? What's the big deal in me voting for Joe Biden? But what that has that message has been drowned out by everybody in your life and everything that you love and like telling you to vote. You hear it when you go to Foot Locker. You, if you're a sneakerhead and you go to the, the, the like I am and you go to the sneakers app, it tells right. you to vote on it. If you like Instagram and you go on Instagram, it's telling you to vote. If you go to Vibe or the Source magazine or the Shade Room or Baller Alert, it's telling you to vote. And so if these voters turn out, we know that African male, male voters will overwhelmingly vote for Democratic candidates. So it's really about can we turn our brothers out and can we push them to vote in this election? And, and I mean, what I'm working on over this weekend is, is persuading black male voters to turn out, not because if they don't turn out, Donald Trump's going to win. But if they do turn out, our community will have a larger voice and a larger share to say we were the we were the group of people that stood behind Joe Biden. And so now it's time for us to make some policy change. And black folks, we have an agenda. We have communities that need to be repaired. And we want a president that's willing to engage with us to make that possible. Okay, okay, but let's go back. Because we, we agree on this, but that's not what people are saying, right? I mean, clearly, my message was, and I say this to people, especially people that look like me that are out there saying, you know, black men are going to cause Trump to win and blah. I, I, I take offense to that. Just like I fight hard for any other community when you try to, you know, create a narrative that's that's not factual right and when it when it comes down to it let's just you know this is real talk so we always gonna be real 
Joe Biden was the author of the crime bill. In order to author the crime bill, you have to write it. And when you write it, then you got to push it. Then you got to get people to vote for it. He did that. Got that, right? He did go on and say, you know, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. I, I got that. He did. He said that, right? I mean, he said super predator. He said all this stuff that people say. He, he did said, not, now, for the record, no, he did not say super predator. Let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> let me finish. You know, he said some things he should have said. Then he apologized for Fair. him, right? So I want, I want to say the whole story. Then he apologized for him. Clearly, anybody who running against him would try to capitalize on that. Clearly, that happened during the primary, the Democratic primary. Everyone's tried to capitalize that he's weathered the storm and he's moved forward. But, the, but, the, but for people to automatically, and these are people that know better. You know, these are people that are experienced. They've been around. And, you know, they're on television saying things. No, it's just not factual that, you know, Ice Cube and Lil Wayne is now influencing every, and, and black men need to get on board. And now you got Instagram with people, you know, talking about black men's not nothing. They better do with this and they bad, da, da, da. And it, it's just wrong. They're creating this narrative that's not right. And just like I would stand up for any other community, I'm going to stand up for the black man and I'm tired of hearing this stuff and people should stop it and people on TV should stop it, people on the media should stop it because it's just not factual. I like how you laid it out. You said, hey, look, and this is what I said. You shouldn't tell people don't go vote for Sam because Sam is just a bad person and if you vote for Sam, you're bad and you're the devil, right? You should just say, go vote because if people get to the polls and if people vote, then you know which way they're going to vote. Statistically, we already know it. You laid it out and you know it because you're experienced and knowledgeable. But everyone else, and plus the people that look like me, tell me and tell other people, if you vote that way, you're the devil. I mean, imagine telling these young kids that. That's why they're like turned off, right? Just tell them, go vote. They got aunts, they got moms. They know the deal when they go in to vote. The problem is, you mentioned it, you could be, you could be hurtful by not voting. <laughs> right. So the number one we want to tell everybody, go vote. You know, you can vote today. You can vote all the way to November 3rd. Just go and vote. And I'm sure when you get in there, you're going to click and make the right choice. So, I, you know, I really want to kind of kind of thank you for because I didn't know where you I didn't know it's going to come out your mouth, Richard, because I know you, you, know, you could be like, but I didn't know. I wasn't sure. Uh, but you you but I but I know you have a heart and you understand. And, and no matter, you know, you know what goes on you kept it 100 and you just said, hey, look, that's just not factually true. The polls are not showing that that's not true. So people should just stop saying it. So let me move past that uh, and then move on to my last uh, uh, piece. And that has to do with the Senate. You know, will the Democrats, I mean, we know the big ticket, right? We got the big ticket and we know where the big ticket is going to go. I think it's going to be some hanky panky. I think it's going to come down to lawsuits and everything else. And, you know, it's going to be a whole lot of stuff going on before we get there. But we look at the Senate race, which is very, very close, because if, in fact, numbers hold up the way you think numbers are going to hold up, whether it's in Texas, whether it's in North Carolina, whether it's in South Carolina, whether it's in Michigan, whether it's in Ohio and close in Florida, and Biden, you know, wins, you know, especially those, those southern states that we talked about, clearly there's going to be some changes on the congressional side, clearly. Do you think that the Democrats are going to, pick up some seats in the Senate and how many seats you think they'll pick up? Oh, that's a good question. So let's begin this one by sort of starting in a deficit. Democrats are going to walk into election night understanding we've already lost one of our vulnerable Democrats, right? There are 23 Republicans and 12 Democrats running for Senate. We will lose one. We will lose Doug Jones from Alabama. That's happening. <laughs> and we're not stopping that. 
Doug Jones. Well, oh, hold so up. You don't think you don't you don't think Bond's gonna win Alabama? You think he's not gonna turn no, Alabama no, blue? No, there's no there's no chance. And I think <laughs> even the senator himself knows yeah, that yeah, he's gone. He's, he's had gone. a night. He's had a nice run, and he's probably packing up his office as we speak because it's just there's the numbers don't pan out for him. Um, so that means that that, that Republicans start this sort of senate senatorial math with 54, right? Because they pick up one in Alabama. So then it becomes a map where there are 23 Republicans running, many of them very vulnerable. And you have to, to, to start this, you have to think about, remember, this, this is the election. The, the reason why there's so many Republicans here is because of 2014, right, when there was the sort of red wave, right, the Tea Party wave that ushered in many of these Republican senators into the Senate. And now they're all up for their reelection. So let's start where I think we're going to do very well. I think we will pick up a seat in Colorado, the Hickenlooper versus Cory Gardner race. Hickenlooper is a very popular governor there, and I think he will likely beat Cory Gardner, the incumbent. And so that gives Democrats one, which take us to Arizona, which takes us to Arizona, which is a special election between Martha McSally uh, and uh, astronaut Kelly, uh, who is Gabby Gifford's husband. Uh, if the Democrats are, if we're doing really well, we will see a uh, Mark Kelly pickup. So that gives us two. So now we're at forty. That's forty-seven, forty-eight. Forty-eight. Forty. Yeah. We're at 48, right? And then you look at the rest of the map, where I think Democrats have a good chance to pick up the other two, which would mean if Kamala Harris won, Democrats would have it with uh, the vice president breaking the tie. Uh, and I think you go to Maine, where Susan Collins, the senator who is a survivor, she's survived many tough reelections, um, will, will, will likely not survive this one. The, the cards, the, the look like she's like she run out of gas here. Her opponent, who is a GW alumni, by the way, um, go Colonials, um, who is the former yeah. speaker of the, of, the, of the state house there in Maine, uh, Gideon, looks like she will likely pick that up. So that gives us three. Uh, and then you look at the rest of the map. And at the rest of the map, you have a potential, you have two potential pickups in Georgia. We have the special election and the regular seat that's up there. You have a Jamie Harrison potential win in South Carolina. Now, I don't think that Joe Biden's going to win South Carolina. But I think if you look at Jamie's fundraising numbers and if the Democrats are having a really good night and because we see a increase in turnout, there could be a possibility that the South Carolinian voters decide to send Lindsey Graham packing and that, well, what a great day that will be. Right. Um, and so that there's a potential pickup there. Um, there's also a potential pickup in the state of Texas against Cornyn, who's up again. Now, I, I me remembering all these names. I used to be perfect at this, but the older I get, I forget some of these candidates names. Uh, and then the other race that I'm watching is the Iowa Jonesy Ernst, Senator That's Ernst right. versus Greenfield. Uh, and if Joe Biden is having a really good night, he could help a turnout there and push Greenfield to a win. So it's going to be tight. But if you ask Mitch McConnell, he thinks the 50 50 chance that Democrats could that Democrats could win the majority. So if he's saying 50 50. And I think with the fact that you have so many Republicans get themselves caught up into trouble on the, in these last final debates. Um, so if turnout is high, which we're starting to see, looks like it likely will be, um, this could be a Democratic Senate. And just remember, if, if Joe Biden doesn't have a Democratic Senate, he's going to walk in to Washington on his inauguration day, almost missing a leg from the table. Because even if he has Pelosi as the speaker, and he, uh, Pelosi will likely pick up five or six more seats, so six of those out of Texas likely, he needs a Senate. To get his real to get his agenda through, because Mitch McConnell, the Grim Reaper of legislation, will continue to be the Grim Reaper. So you're going to have to remove him from the minor from the majority's office, and that would require Democrats having a really good night down ballot. Um, but we're going to have to wait to see on that one. But I, if I'm optimistic, and I feel it, and I and I also one more seat that I think I'm forgetting is the 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 North Carolina 
Tom Tillis oh, yeah. versus, versus, Cal, yeah. versus, Cal, versus Cal Cunningham. Um, Cal Cunningham has been up in all the polls. There's been a little bit of, you know, texting stuff happening down there that could sort of sour that race for the Democrats. But once again, if turnout is high and if turnout's high against an incumbent, I, I want to sort of give Democrats the permission here to celebrate a little bit and say high turnout against an incumbent means a good night for Democrats, means a potential Joe Biden win, and also means the potential that Democrats can take back the Senate. But we're going to have to wait until next week <laughs> to find that hey, out. Hey, look, well, 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 there you have it. I'm, I'm telling you, Richard, you're always on point. Um, I enjoy Thanks. watching the show. Proud of you. Been watching for a long time. Um, you be, uh, you, you know, I can say it. You be giving them hell. You be giving <laughs> hell on Fox. I t- <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, and, I, and and look, I appreciate. I, I watch. I watch Fox because I know you're on there, and I want to make sure I support support people I know and people I respect. So I turn it on. So that night, election night, I'm, I'm going to be looking for you at one o'clock in the morning. Uh, I know you'll be sharp. I know you'll be on point. I, I, I want you to be a little calm because I know, I know you're going to be excited. Oh. I know you're going to be excited. <laughs> so I'm just asking you, you know, you know, calm down a little bit because I know you when you see those numbers, you're going to be excited knowing that the Democrats are probably going to go to to uh, to victory. So once again, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. All right. Well, if it's always real talk, you know it's going to be real. 